Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. family system, um, you know, I think I picked a role of, of, you know, just allowing myself to be passed over. It's not something that got put on me necessarily. So I just really have to be reminded that I've got something to say and I have a place here that's important. Sandra, welcome back to our next episode of this Heart of the Enneagram podcast. Here we go again. It's just been a delightful time interviewing two people, not one, but people in relationship. Yeah, as we focus this next series on relationships. And today we have uh, two sisters who are of type four and type nine. Betsy Vingle leads with type four. And welcome, Betsy. Thank you. And Betsy was born, she says, with a natural skill set and passion for art in the form of painting and drawing, and it motivated her to study in art college. Um, She then switched gears and majored in nutrition and biochem and went on to a 36-year career as Dr. Betsy, the chiropractor. (laughs) In, nine, in 1999, she rediscovered her creative passion through the process art um, and has slowly recovered her connection to soul. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. And Betsy's sister, Deb Vingle, uh, is a retired social worker who for many years worked in the field of violence against women and trauma more broadly. Her second calling has been as a yoga teacher, and she's enjoyed integrating yoga and meditation and working with seniors particularly and special populations with mental health challenges. Uh, Deb has recently moved in with her long-term partner to Black Mountain, North Carolina, where she's actively involved in her Unitarian Universalist faith community and is enjoying a smaller community and a slower pace. That's absolutely right. (laughs) Welcome, Deb. Thank you. So we invite ourselves and our listeners to land more fully in the body by taking a breath and feeling your feet, grounding our body so that we're rooted and present, noting our heart center of intelligence and opening our hearts, and offering a curious mind as we engage the Enneagram material and look at the issues, the delights, the joys, and challenges between type four and nine. And we invite the little four and the little nine in each of us to come forward and listen in. So let's take a deep breath. So for type nine, the lead center of intelligence is the body center. This is the uh, concern for fairness. The motivation for type nine is to keep the peace. Nines love to have things for you to be peaceful and, and, um, conflict-free if possible. The focus of attention for nines is other people's agendas. What is it other people want or what are they concerned about? And really focusing, that tends to be where their attention goes. The core fear of the nine is really about not being seen, not being heard, not mattering, feeling unacknowledged or insignificant. And that is a reactivity trigger. That triggers reactivity for them. Some of the strengths for the nine, uh, they are easygoing in relationships. They can go with the flow. Uh, they're non-judgmental. They're very accepting. 
generally so, and very loving. They have a, a patience uh, and a genuine sense of caring and acceptance uh, of things. Um, and they, they tend to live life in a little bit of a slower pace and with a relaxed attitude, and that can be a great gift in relationships. Type four, the lead center of intelligence is the heart. So this four um, type is about relationality. That's a focus. Fours have a, a real emotional intuition with people. The motivation is to be unique or special, and the focus of attention is on what's missing. So if not careful, fours can always feel disappointed. The core fear for this type is really to be seen as ordinary uh, rather than unique. And that can be a reactivity trigger because for type four sometimes to not be special and to be ordinary could, be, could mean I'm deficient or inadequate in some way. And so part of the mental habit of type four is I'm either too much or not enough. The strengths for this type include really that perspective, what's missing, what do we need that we don't have. So all perspectives are a strength, of course. They have the capacity to create beauty in many forms, even if it's how they arrange fruit in the bowl. Uh, they have a great aesthetic, an eye for beauty, and can go to emotional depth with anyone. They aren't afraid of emotional pain and can sit with us in the birthings and dyings of life. Theirs is a, a quirky sense of humor, and I have seen fours unstick many stuck conversations between families or companies uh, that this quirky sense of humor is quite fabulous and comes from this, uh, this way that fours really think outside the box and bring in just some understanding and integrate in ways that others of us don't see. So great gifts. The four coming from the heart triad is a self-rejecting type. Uh, you might reject yourself, Betsy, for the performance rather than the authentic self. Whereas Deb, coming from the body triad, is a self-forgetting type. And as Chris said, the focus is on others' agendas, so nines might forget their own. And so this can come into play in relationship between a nine and a four. So let's begin by talking a little bit about what works well in your relationship as sisters. And you've been sisters for most of your lives, <laughs> one of Indeed. you for all of your lives, right? Um, and uh, so what are some things that work well in this 9-4 dynamic in your relationship? Well, we've always been close. Um, in fact, we talked about the fact that, that um, Betsy was born on my birthday. So just from the start, we joke and say, my mom set that up. <laughs> but there's always been, for me at least, a spiritual connection between the two of us mm. so, and that's I think that's been there throughout our lives mm. yeah Deb being exactly seven years older than I am I think has always been kind of a mentor for me mm. and um, I felt heard and seen by her mm. always um, and I was reading something last night about the the way we communicate um, I think we both would like to have uh, an agenda before we have the meeting kind of thing because mm. we kind of have to see the big picture and figure out the whole thing. I don't, I don't act fast on anything, mm. and Deb's pretty much like that too, and our other sister is not, so it's kind of a nice balance. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the the nine four is that both are a withdrawing type. So you do like to take a step back and mull things over. Right. Yeah. Well, given your Enneagram type, uh, Deb, the type nine, what gifts do you bring given that type into this sisterhood? I am certainly thoughtful. Um, you know, I I do have that seeing all sides piece of things as I was reading again about Betsy. Um, I think we have a lot in common. She is very aesthetic and I have a, a great appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, um, a deep caring for others, whether it springs from heart or mm-hmm. um, that other orientation that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all commonalities well I heard Betsy say that she always felt seen and heard by you and I think that I hear that as part of the gift of the nine that you bring yeah I think um, I think I I think particularly in relationship to Bets but with many folks I I'm looking to do that Mm -hmm. it's important to me Mm -hmm. this the challenge more is to be in touch with that for myself, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we give well what we most need for ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Betsy, anything else about your type four and the gifts that come from that in this relationship? Um, I would say that definitely that eye for beauty and the intensity of feeling and pushing a little bit for that. Um, and I, I felt received by Deb all the time, so that was an easy person to go to for connection. I can remember, you know, family members saying I was way too sensitive and um, needed to toughen up a little bit. And I loved to, like, be touched and spoon. And mm-hmm. Deb was the only one in my family that kind of responded in mm-hmm. kind that way, even though we were, you know, kind of never in school together. I felt really physically very close mm-hmm. to her as well. Mm-hmm. And she appreciated that I, I don't, I don't know that too many people appreciate little artists. <laughs> 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 but Deb was always interested in that part of my life too. Mm. I've been gifted by that aesthetic uh, from Betsy and you know I have very very many special things that um, that she has shared with me that grace my home Mm. can can you think of an example oh my goodness you walk into the front door of my home and there's a corner cupboard that she painted for me and and really saw the essence of what's important to me as well so she sees you. Yes, absolutely. Anything in your current lives that are bringing up these gifts or accentuating them? Um, the biggest thing right now is um, my father's care. He's 90 years old with severe dementia at this stage, and I'm kind of the executor and the POA and not it's not my skill set necessarily so I've really looked to Deb for support Mm -hmm. and really getting um a different perspective uh on how to how to do that um and I think our ability to kind of step back and see what's needed Mm -hmm. 
is 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 beneficial mm -hmm. in this situation because it does take time and energy to figure out the big picture for him. It's been tough. Mm -hmm. Wow. There are three of us in this, and and um, you know I feel very grateful that we bring different things, and I think. Um, you know, it's challenging for any family to deal with, um, you know, someone having any kind of terminal illness, but it's been that long goodbye. Mm. And, um, and I think we've supported one another. Yeah. Are there specific ways that you've been able to support each other that you can think of? I tend to kind of be, well, I'm sure you would never think this of me, but I <laughs> tend to be like really super emotional and reactive. Um, I, I kind of show up and show up and show up and then I've had it mm -hmm. and I get very dramatic about it. I, um, call cussing <laughs> and, um, doesn't go over very well. So Deb definitely has done some coaching on, you know, why don't you just, call before that you get to that point mm. and I feel heard and seen and some compassion about what I, I'm the one that lives right there in town close to my dad so I do all the emergency kind of stuff and I just get to the point where I can't do it another day and um, Deb says you know ask for help mm. I'm here mm. and I really appreciate that and I know that to be true mm. that's beautiful I hear the the evenness of the nine that kind of you know steadiness evenness it's like even when in your drama <laughs> right. right that she's just like okay let's think of some strategies mm -hmm. what can you do exactly yeah it's beautiful hmm. i think really um maybe honoring the the emotion because sometimes when it's painful we're pulling back mm. and and so you know it's it's a different way to see that yeah. Yeah. What's that like to hear? Yeah. Hear that. Good, and I recognize that as it is. Um, you know, when I get charged like that, then we actually do something, mm -hmm. rather than talk another year about what should be done or could be done differently. I get to this place where I can't, I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it does motivate the family to move forward, mm -hmm. like it or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Betsy's blown it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is some of the gift of the four is that that passion and mm -hmm. that that it, it leads to energy, mm -hmm. right? And exactly. energy to move. And I, I as a four, I totally get that. Yeah. some of the things about your specific type that might trip you up in this relationship? You know, I think there's some sensitivity between us about, um, you know, recognizing that taking care of ourselves is something that we both have to work on mm -hmm. in different ways, perhaps, but. Boy, that's a key life lesson for type nine, especially. The most self-erasing type, and here you are, really working to care for you in the midst of this. Yeah, when um, when this issue developed about my partner, I really said, "Okay, um, I've got to put myself on the calendar first, mm. and yep. I've never done that." Yep. Wow. So 
Wow. Yeah. What helped you do that? Um, just, you know, years of overextending, um, you know, putting my work first and feeling spent doing too much, giving myself away. Mm-hmm. And so when I faced this big challenge with the people that I most loved, uh, love, yeah. excuse me, um, I knew that I really had to love myself mm. first in order to meet that. And I hear, sometimes we talk about how nines, it's important for nines to remember to include themselves in all the love that they have. Yeah. Yeah, I see there's some emotion to that. And what's it feel like to love yourself in this way? Well, it's certainly uh, an ongoing, you know, day in and day out kind of thing because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I get up in the morning and have lots facing me and try to put myself right out there, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of what's important. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it is a big challenge for me. Yeah. That's, I just want to say blessings and the continued self-remembering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about you, Betsy? Some aspects of your type that trip you up in this sisterhood. Yeah, I think always uh, yearning to have something look different. Mm-hmm. Um, even the situation with my dad, I want it to be different. Mm-hmm. And I want my part to look different. I want everybody else's part to look different. Um, there's got to be a better way. Um, and so, yeah, that and the reactivity of being so emotional about it most of the time, um, I think it just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. 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 That placement of attention on what's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, how, are, how are you working with that? Catching myself more, you mm-hmm. know, being really present to it, like as soon as I start feeling it. I um, I had a meeting with my ex-husband last night, and doesn't take me long to remember why I decided this wasn't working <laughs> so well, because I have it in my head now that we're not together that it was actually great, mm-hmm. and you know we still have the same stumbling blocks. We're business partners and have to work through those kind of things, and I'm like, this right here is why <laughs> why this isn't working. Well, it's, you articulate beautifully that pattern of four, which is when you're up when you're far away. Mm-hmm. I'm yearning for you and I'm idealizing and fantasizing about you. And when you're up close, I see all the things that are missing about you. And this is push-pull that we fours can do. Right. Yeah. Yep. I do it well. <laughs> <laughs> so you're noticing it more. And when you notice, what's your strategy there? So these strategies that we are cultivating to grow ourselves, what would one of those be for? I just try to drop in a little bit and take a deep breath and see what I'm really feeling and what's really going on because I know that kind of myth uh, story I have about most things. You know, there's this kind of myth, even about my father and how he showed up for me in the past. I was kind of the golden child and um, or the family decided I was. I'm not so sure that's true, but um, that was the myth. Yes, it's the story you tell, right? <laughs> it's the story I tell. Yes. And was told to me as right, well. Right, so exactly. I um, see him more realistically now, and certainly where he is, is not where I want to be. So I have to keep checking myself on like, what's our best option right near, right now, right here in this moment. And instead of 
um, can this shift mm -hmm. to be different? Mm -hmm. It's not. Have, have you found any gifts in staying with what is as opposed to that? You know, the habit is to go with what's not here. But when you find yourself saying, hmm, let me just be with what is here, have you found any gifts in that for yourself? Yeah, I think there comes um, an authentic feeling, actually, instead mm -hmm. of one I'm creating, wow. which I'm very good at creating. So <laughs> to actually kind of be with what is right here and what now actually feels fairly authentic most mm -hmm. of the time. Sometimes a little foreign, like, this isn't what I thought my relationship with my dad was, but um, here it is. I love that because I think we fours can, um, you said it well, there's sort of art, of, we can get all caught up in the drama and that's not necessarily an authentic feeling. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's some, all kinds of stuff going on there. Yeah. And I spent a lot of my life thinking it was. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So what you're telling us, Betsy, is when you, when you catch yourself in the dramatic emotion mm -hmm. and you settle into yourself, that emotion shifts. Yes. Into? It just feels more grounded and more true, more real. Mm-hmm. And um, that may not be as exciting as my story, mm -hmm. but it feels real. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. You know, reality sometimes doesn't have a lot of trumpets blaring. Right. <laughs> right. It's that, it's that there's no necessarily no big highs or no big lows, but there's an evenness, mm -hmm. which can be hard for us four sometimes. Yes. Because we like the drama either up or down, but kind of that steadiness and that realness actually has a gift in of itself as well. And just this week, this kind of push, it's like a push-pull kind of thing with my other sister has really made me just kind of get grounded and move forward because I, I realize it is up to me. It's, I, can't, um, I can't make it go any other way except the way I'm, I'm facing mm -hmm. and the reality that I'm facing. So um, somehow I just kind of got it that my job is to kind of mm, take care of my father's wishes and keep him safe and that's it I don't have to please anybody else or make it look better than it is it is what it is Chris I'm just so struck here we are with a nine and a four and what we're hearing is the four is gone practical and the nine is self-remembering right. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool it's exciting <laughs> We're doing our work. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. You are doing your work and paying attention. What are some strategies, other strategies that you've learned or are practicing to help you do your work, to help you self-remember and to help you stay present? for example? I would say the biggest thing for me right now is really staying in my body. Um, and, and also in just the present, you know, and my meditation really has helped with that. Um, you know, because I can get out there with other people or mm -hmm. all these demands that I often set up for myself. And it's just staying right here and right now. And what's the gift of that for you? 
Um, well, I'm not spinning out here and just getting overwhelmed. And I mean, I certainly have those times, but I have to bring myself back to just, you know, being present. Does that mean you're saying no sometimes? Oh, my goodness, yes. Wow, a nine say no. You know, it's always um, exciting to hear a nine say, I'm remembering or I'm more in my body. Because the body types, eights, nines, and ones, are the ones that most forget the body. Mm. When we're there, we're very present, and it's a gift, but we, we more often than not forget and to return and have the body be a partner in salvation, really. Yeah. Mm. So other strategies, Betsy, anything from your end or Deb, any more you want to say? One thing that I hadn't talked about is um, that too much or not enough thing I like to do. And certainly in this, <laughs> in this instance with my dad's estate and all that, I, I love to kind of take on the mantle that I don't, I don't get finances and I don't, I'm not good with numbers and I don't want to meet with financial aids and all that kind of stuff. But I've found even just in the last maybe 10 days of having to do all this fact-finding, and, and I'm fine at it. I am mm. actually adequate and maybe even more than adequate. It's just uh, putting on my big girl pants and deciding that, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. So without the drama, all these gifts are coming forward. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly had my drama as well, mixed in there as well, but yeah, yeah it does come. Yeah, you've had a story that, that I can't do that, that's not what I'm good at, and suddenly you're doing it and you're good at it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that, the word adequate, too, because the fours can often think we're deficient yes. or inadequate, and so when you, you're like, oh, I am adequate at this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. As you look forward to your particular uh, relationship, and I know that this is a time when, uh, particularly trying time, for each of you and also not necessarily between you, but in your family system. Um, but what are some things that can help you flourish your relationship, help you grow? What are some things that you might do to help in that growth and flourishing? I know that when I actually take time to listen and really hear what Deb's saying and maybe even repeat it back in a way that I've, I've heard her and I understand um, she's a really good listener. And so I will go on and on about what's going on with me, but really just kind of making sure I hear her and what's going on with her and her partner and her day with my dad um, makes things go a whole lot better. And I get information too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think for me, um, just really asserting myself um, is is really critical because I certainly have that old pattern of, you know, being passed over or stepping back and not, you know, not asserting. And, you know, Bets is that, you know, she, you know, in our family, she had that role of being kind of center and and was very gifted at bringing everybody's emotionality out because we tend... <laughs> no, I mean that in a... You know, I know that sound is probably not very articulate, but... Um, no, I, I think mean, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, my dad's a nine, too, so we had, you know, a couple of nines sort of 
setting that stage of of you know just kind of me you know laid back yeah, narking and mm-hmm. you know and so you know i have to i have to be present but i also have to assert where i'm coming from and and um sometimes it means you know stopping bets and mm. and saying it's not a crisis and it's not <laughs> something that Settle down, you know, whatever. Deb, what's it like when you assert yourself? Well, I have to say that just in in many ways in my life, it's not ever been difficult. Professionally, that was not ever an issue. But I think in my family system, um, you know, I think I picked a role of, of, you know, just allowing myself to be passed over. It's not something that got put on me necessarily. So I just really have to be reminded that I've got something to say mm-hmm. and I have a place here that's important and um, bring something critical often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you know that, that you bring something critical, what's that like for you? Um, I think my, uh, aliveness really surfaces and, um, you know, I, I really, I was sharing with Sandra that I, I had this, uh, picture of me as a child and, and it really is one where I'm just not there. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a reminder I don't like to see too much, but, um, I think, you know, that vibrancy mm-hmm. surfaces. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, you know, I'm in thinking about Betsy and the longing. I think that we all have these parts of ourselves and, and I think, um, you know, I'm finding that my own longing is not so much there, um, meaning that I'm searching for something because, you know, I'm feeling more present in myself and present with those that I love and right here in the moment with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. What's that like, Betsy, uh, when Deb talks about that? Do you, is that, is that true for you, any of that? Um, yeah, I think uh, sometimes I see the passion come across as anger a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's juice. So then I, I know to wake up and listen. Um, Mm. if, and, and a lot of it is about fairness, you know, especially in the family dynamics, if it doesn't feel fair to her or she's been looked over or whatever, the tendency then to, for me, like, I don't hear it until she's angry and then know that, you know, I need to support or shift something. Mm-hmm. And I can recognize that in myself too, that kind of real emotionality instead of just calling it as it's coming up, waiting until it's, it's big and then wanting everybody <laughs> to know about it right now. <laughs> What's, what, what are you feeling right now? What's coming up for you? Um, a lot, I feel in a way I feel, uh, like I'm definitely growing up yeah. and there's a, 
uh, owning myself, mm-hmm. but a very much, I, you know, there's tears right here, a tenderness towards yeah. myself and my family, you yeah. know, really kind of even over the last few days and even after the last um, workshop I did with you is just really thinking about the family dynamics in, with respect to the Enneagram and having more compassion for who these people are mm-hmm. and how they operate. And yeah. for yourself as well, I hear. Yes. I uh, looked at a house yesterday with my ex-husband, and we are talking about doing this uh, investment kind of thing. And I actually just felt myself step into this place of like, I, I know what I'm talking about, even when it's, you know, and a lot of it is based on aesthetics and whether I, I like something the way it looks and whether I would live there one day or whatever instead of a, an investment. But I can also kind of have that balance of, and it's a good investment too. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Betsy, the practical four. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> that was kind of it got some laughter from you, but gosh, that's I keep hearing that from you. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Betsy talked about the anger that comes from you, and, and it's sort of a wake up for her. What's the talk about that for yourself? Um, well, you know, I think that um, anger is something that you know nines tamp down. I, you know, have. I don't think I've ever been afraid of my anger and certainly being in relationship over the years, I've found it and, you know, and it's been a real teacher for me. Um, But more these days, I just try to tap it when it first starts to rear its head Mm -hmm. and just speak whatever is going on for me instead of walking around with it Great. and That's digging in. You know? And then waiting until it explodes, maybe. Well, I, I haven't had a lot of that, although I certainly, um, I think in, you know, in moments in relationship, <laughs> I've certainly had it. <laughs> yeah, so. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else that we haven't asked that you want to share about your relationship as 9-4? I think that, that um, the thing that I most appreciate about this relationship is that there's always been this give and take that, um, you know, even if we have to kind of back up, there's always that coming forward Mm -hmm. and um, supporting one another and being thoughtful and nurturing and challenging when needed. Um, it's, it's one of the most special relationships I have mm-hmm. in my life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, as we, um, kind of age together and we've been each other's mentors back and forth of, uh, I certainly was the little kid that Deb was a sixties child and I thought she was just the coolest person on the planet. <laughs> And then when I kind of became a teenager, I, I started acting out. And um, I don't think my parents were even aware. You know, it was kind of a co- cocktail party scene. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure they knew what was going on, but Deb did. Mm-hmm. And really kind of in a very loving way without a lot of judgment about it, said, you may want to reel this in a little bit. And then I think as I started growing into myself, just that um, maybe even 
being a leader in certain areas of our lives too. Um, Absolutely. And that, that's special being, being seen, being gotten. I have in a different way than Deb, but um, it's still very important to really um, be understood and uh, valued Mm -hmm. for my uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful that each of you has spoken to the other sees me. I just sense a great deal of trust between you. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you're really coming into into um, wisdom years as you balance yourselves, which is what I think aging is about, balancing us. Mm. Becoming more practical as a four and self-loving as a nine. That journey to wholeness. It's just really, thank you for articulating your journeys. Thank you. Thanks for being here and sharing of your stories. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's a a quote uh, by a woman named Sharon Priest that goes like this. It's very short, but so impactful. There will never be an us if I play small. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look lovingly and courageously at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth, and in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.